0: To another episode of Capsule Rx Podcast. Today I'll be your host, Dr. Jovan Lazo. And I'm here with my colleague, Dr. Alex Lee. How are you?
1: I'm doing well. It's uh great to be here again. Um, mm-hmm. how are you doing?
0: I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> I, I bet, I bet. I'm tired. Just had a long shift um at the hospital, but you know how it is. Podcast grind. We can't um we can't afford to not have an episode. So luckily we were able to get with I guess maybe one of your connects. We could say in a sense, one of your alma moders, right?
1: Oh, yes. From yes. my uh, college in UC Irvine. Mm-hmm. Um, we have um, a fellow student right now. Um, should we let you introduce yourself? And,
0: yeah. Yeah, let's go ahead. Um, we have a third year pre-pharmacy student from the University of California, Irvine. Um, soon to be Dr. Ryan Kwok. How about that? How are you?
2: Thank you for having me, Joven and Alex. I'm so glad to be able to uh, get featured on your podcast. And, you know, I still have a way long way to go before I become a doctor. So, uh, (laughs) but anyways, uh, hi, my name is Ryan Kwok. I'm a third year pharmacy major at UC Irvine. And I am obviously following that pre-pharmacy route and I'm expected to graduate in 2023. So I actually was not born here at the United States. I came from Hong Kong seven years ago with my family as I was immigrated, uh, immigrated to the country and I'm super passionate about the field itself and passionate about educating others on the field from the best of my ability whether it is to invite speakers for my organization that I uh, joined the pre-pharmacy society at UCI as currently the external vice president or maybe by hosting um, the RX podcast which is a podcast that features UCI alumni in the field and through inviting and speaking about their experience so that's you know that's a short introduction about myself
0: Mm -hmm. so one um i'm gonna say i'm big on positive affirmations so when we say that you're gonna be i know you said it's gonna be a long way but we just believe in you we're sure that you're gonna be able to accomplish it so we want to make sure we speak in the existence today that you will be dr ryan Kwok. um and I think it's super awesome that you have a podcast. You seem very focused, very driven with everything that you have going um, going on. And so can you kind of talk about that ZotRx podcast? What is that about?
2: So it was a project that I started actually a year ago. Um, you know, when I was a sophomore, I was also part of Pre-Pharmacy Society at UCI as the fundraising chair at the time. So I Just thought of the fact that, you know, we always invite these guest speakers coming from different fields of pharmacy to speak with us in general meetings. Well, it was the time where COVID happened and everything went remote. So I just thought of this idea. What if, you know, we can start something that can bring these same content about the field of pharmacy through um, a remote experience, through something that general members, let's just say they're like always super busy around but Mm -hmm. maybe in their travels, they can listen to something where they can ultimately gain self-growth and learn more about different uh, pharmacists' experience. So I started to work uh, for this um, project, the ZRX podcast, as part of uh, my organization, PPS at UCI's uh, um, project, as well as I also work with a new and local alumni chapter called Ed Eaters and Pharmacy, to try to find guests and develop the program last year. So that's where I kind of all started. And you know, at the start, it was just interviewing a couple of pharmacy students who were interested in giving back to UCI and giving the insight on what pharmacy is about uh, in their point of view. But then I was able to increase our alumni connections through this project and get more of my uh, organization involved in such manner you know, uh, and also just to allow them to further express their need, um, sorry, their experience in terms okay. of how they have came through, let's just say, you know, well established pharmacists who has been practicing for like 20 years, their undergrad life, what opportunities did they took over uh, when they were at UC Irvine and what pharmacy school experience have they, you know, experienced? Like how was the rotations? You know, how was their appies that ultimately guided them to specialize in a field possibly? Mm -hmm. And some, we also have residents to come talk to us as well. So a lot of the time these residents are like super passionate because this is like one of the like the first time to practice like at what they want to do in the future. So they Mm -hmm. always like speak a lot of experiences and story about their residents experience. And yeah. And in general, this is. My podcast is just to share these experiences to pre-pharmacy students and help them understand the options on pharmacy and how each pharmacist has a unique pathway to their journey.
0: Yeah, and I personally want to say that I love what you're doing. That was actually the original goal of the previous podcast that we were, um, capsule production podcast. That was actually our our number one goal is to really expose pre-pharmacy individuals to different career paths because coming in. To pharmacy school, I only knew of compounding, clinical, staffing, of course retail. That's probably it. I thought you had to get a PharmD, PhD to work for an industry company. I didn't know you can work for an industry company just having a PharmD. I didn't know you could be part of that that realm. So, it's it's. The most important thing, um, especially in that stage as being pre-pharmacy students is the education and the knowledge of knowing what to do next, you know, um, and that's something that I think is, is crucial. And I, looking back, if I would have known more things, I might have gone a different route. I might have tried to apply to a different school that maybe was more interested in industry that was around route I, I was thinking at that time or whatnot. So it's like, I think it's extremely helpful what you're doing, extremely impactful. You may never experience or or get people to tell you that they're thankful for the things you do but trust me there's going to be people out there that are super thankful for listening to your podcast and and all the work that you put into it um is definitely going to change some people's lives so i'm super we're super excited to have you on and to hear that you're doing something like this um over there in california because that was like i said kind of the original goal here um with um even though now we're capsule rx but with capsule production podcast and Alex, who's just joined us, he knows, he seen the, the, the Instagram messages and the different responses we get from people that are super thankful for everything we've done. So I'm sure that's going to start coming your way, man. And I just want to say, before we get into more questions, that this is awesome what you're doing. I just want to make sure you get your flowers.
2: Thank you so much. You know, yeah. I'm always passionate and try to educate the next generation. Or honestly, they're kind of my peers as well. So <laughs> that's what I was going to um, say. <laughs> uh, you know, I was, I'm always trying to, you know, let them to be exposed why I joined, you know, mm-hmm. the pharmacy pathway myself and to be exposed, you know, these different options out there. So, yeah, no. Yeah. And
1: I, I mean, I, I enjoy listening to your podcast and, you know, I, you know, I've obviously I've graduated now, but it's always nice to kind of hear um just just how like the UCI alumni are doing um you know like where they are in like different parts of the pharmacy careers uh so it's i you know you're doing a great job just connecting that UCI community again um and yeah no it's awesome just i would say keep keep at it this you know i i i am so open to listening to more episodes as they come out so
0: yeah yeah and then with the zot rx podcast right is there what is there for for current pharmacists or current residents or current pharmacy students i know your goal is mainly pre-pharmacy but do you feel like you have content that is also beneficial for current practicing pharmacists or pharmacy students
2: yeah i definitely think so you know um because we actually the fact of matter i feel like a lot of my audience is actually like current pharmacy students. Wow. Um, okay. Actually, I can't see all the stats, but I felt like from the reviews and the feedbacks that I've got, it's actually mostly the ones who are currently a pharmacy student who are benefiting from mm-hmm. what I'm doing right now. So, yeah. um, you know, I always try to, you know, again, share these experience of these pharmacists who are practicing uh, again, the importance of UCI alumni relation and, you know, the connection of the ant eaters community. Um, just mm-hmm. so you know, our mascot is weird. It's an eater. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very unique. Okay. But, uh, you know, that is one of the core aspects of, I think, what being an anteater is about is to trying to connect through these different opportunities to, you know, be exposed to different um, people, our alumni's pathway. And ultimately to help them to, you know, grow or understand a certain aspect that will help their career goals. So.
0: Definitely. And. We're going to go a little bit off script. Um, one thing I want to ask you is what is something that you've learned through interviewing people um, that you never really knew about in pharmacy? Has there been any like insightful moment that you come across while podcasting and interviewing these individuals?
2: Uh, I mean, I definitely have a lot. Um, In general, I would say I was probably able to meet so many well-established individuals in the field just for UCI itself. Honestly, Mm -hmm. showing that, you know, the excellency at UCI and just like throwing a little fact there, UCI is one of the number one feeder schools for pharmacy schools. So we can see how many alumni have graduated from UCI as undergrad and went on to pharmacy school and went on to do great things in the field. And that was one of the biggest things that I felt like I personally have gained connections from. And also to be able to improve the program along the way, you know, it was a challenge. It was something that's new for me. I've never hosted something like this. I was pretty much a shy individual back then. I was like, I would never see myself doing this, like talking to different individuals, talking to the professionals, to able to build a content out of it. So, um, you know, it's definitely a challenge. And I now like it a lot. I was able to like promo record and edit, um, you know, doing all these Mm -hmm. procedures, um, to just, you know, continue the program. And I think one thing that I always also gained is that I was able to realize my passion in educating others about the profession. And Mm -hmm. this is further emphasized by my work as external vice president, external vice president for pre-pharmacy society, uh, which I will talk more about later, but, um, just by being um, going to working on this project, I felt I was able to teach again my fellow peers to what pharmacy is about. Yeah. And I guess I can also quote a particular like you know insightful experience is that um, there was that one time I one of my um, guests was uh, Dr. Tony Dow, uh, who is currently an informatics pharmacist practicing at Chalk. Mm-hmm. He also has a podcast is called Pharmacy IT and Me Talk About Pharmacy Informatics. And as well as he's the host for the Orange County Pharmacists Association podcast. So it was him who really advised me to, you know, um, improve my settings and improve my, you know, um, recording um, aspects of what my podcast is, you know, I was able to change my platform of recording, I was able to gain more insight into the editing to make yeah. more better quality uh audio. And that was really unique because I was never able like really thought of like I was able to connect with a you know speaker that you know he himself has a podcast and now he's like, you know, mm-hmm. certainly teaching myself to to do things better. So that was pretty unique, I would say.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that mentorship mentorship is key. Like I would say that even happened with me going on Pill Talk podcast. I'm talking with um, Dr. Bartu about his podcast, his platform, what he's using and him kind of giving me education kind of challenged me to to get better. So then I got a mic, added new members to the team like Alex um, to try to create better quality and to do bigger and better things. And sometimes you need that little push, that little words of affirmation, you know, like I kind of mentioned earlier to push you to do great things. Sometimes you just need somebody to give you a light little shove to guide you in the right direction, to say the right things, the right words of encouragement for you to chase that success and for you to um, push yourself to that level of success. And I think that's awesome that you were able to get that with um, um, with him. Dr. What was his name? Dr. Tony? Dr. Tony Dow. Talk, Dr. Tony Dow. So I thought, I think that's awesome of him. Um, Pharmacy IT and Me, you said was his podcast, right? Yes. So anybody that's interested in informatics, there you go. And this is what we love to do. We like, we love to share information. We love to um, allow people to to express themselves, tell them, tell us their story and um, just create connections in ways that probably wouldn't have been possible a hundred years ago. So this is the beauty of podcasting. It's the beauty of social media. So we should be taking it to our advantage and utilizing it for good rather than harm. So just to kind of continue on with the Zot RX podcast, your part, your podcast, Right now, it's aimed for pre-pharmacy students, but you feel like your audience is more pharmacy students. Do you think there'll be any transitions going forward? Um, have you been like forward thinking about maybe different things you can do, or maybe you'll spin off and do your own podcast? I don't know if this one's like necessarily stuck to the pre-pharmacy society chapter, the ZotRx. Um, so that's why I'm kind of mentioning that to you.
2: Yeah. So actually, like the current plan is like. Um... I think this is actually probably like the last season I'm doing it. I'm actually planning to spin off to something new. Okay. Uh, next year, because I just felt like certainly having the UCI con- uh, alumni connections is good, but I think I can personally expand a little bit further yes. in terms of, um, you know, the future projection of what my programs and projects can be. Mm-hmm. So I am actually planning to do YouTube. Um, that's awesome to do some more talk more more so of like a talk show um sort of thing but with video as well well certainly there's a challenge because um you know i have no experience in video editing but (laughs) um certainly a very good learning curve in terms of what i can do in the future as well Mm -hmm. and to help you know potentially feature more different pharmacists outside of uci connections and you know because i personally know a lot of people that's non UCI affiliated but have have a brilliant brilliant pharmacy career and i just don't want them to be left out sometimes <laughs> and you know it's it's yeah. just continuing you know it's i just going to go for flow what i certainly want to do uh for my personal goals in uh helping to promote the profession so gotcha
0: and i f- i feel like we have so many similarities um i kind of feel you on that as well you know when when i was originally working on things here it was kind of attached to UF a bit, you know, and it's like, we need a spinoff. Like, I don't want to just make it like a UF, a university of Florida podcast. It's bigger than that. Um, there's more than just the university of Florida, um, pharmacy students that I wanted to impact. It's more than just the state of Florida pharmacy students that I wanted to impact. There's so much knowledge to learn and, and, and for you to expose to people but you have to create that opportunity for it, and sometimes that means stepping out on your own ledge. Sometimes that means rebranding, doing different things, and I think that's awesome that you're going to step into the, the YouTube talk um, talk space. Uh, and that's something that, to my knowledge, isn't really tapped. And so, you know, go for it. Alex wants me to get on YouTube, but I don't I feel do. like learning how to edit. <laughs> that's, <laughs> so. that's, what, that's why I'm
1: here. I'll learn yeah. for you. We'll, we'll make yeah. this happen.
0: So we'll see. We'll see if that happens. I'm, I'm trying not to. I'm trying to do less work, but he's making me do more uh i thought it was the whole point of hiring people so you so you do less but i guess i'm wrong um but yeah i think that's awesome what you're gonna do definitely um kill the youtube gang um the youtube game and i think that'll be pretty pretty cool to have maybe pharmacy start having a strong presence on youtube because there's not so many platforms that i can think of that's on there and i think that that'll definitely be unique and different and a lot of people like visual so i think that's a great thing for you to do for sure um All right. So let me ask you a couple more of the questions that I had for you today. Uh, You kind of talked about this when it comes to like your most rewarding experience. I don't know. Is there anything else you wanted to mention about that with the podcast?
2: I think that's kind of basically it. You know, I was able to gain so much from there. I guess maybe I can also like, you know, talk a little bit about about some notable guests, Uh, you know, Mm-hmm. I was able to interview with, you know, the first year, it was a lot of times mainly pharmacy students. um, But the second year, I was really able to kind of expand the network out to more current practicing pharmacists. And again, some of the no- more notable ones is obviously, I mentioned him before, Dr. Tony Dow for pharma- from Pharmacy IT and Me. Uh, I was also able to interview Dr. Megan Nguyen from, uh, she's the current founding associate dean of student affairs for our new pharmacy school at UCI. Okay. And it was very interesting because, uh, her journey was very unique in certain ways, you know, going back to like the academia setting, but mm-hmm. it's just to interview someone with that title and that quality out there is certainly very special for myself uh obviously i also interviewed in season one my own supervisor at my own pharmacy dr tian vu um because he graduated from uci uh and now he's currently my boss at the student health center gotcha. um and obviously i interviewed alex you know um mm-hmm. again great great to be here uh, being featured on your podcast so yeah yeah the, um I mean those are mostly my not- most more notable guests um that I've interviewed so far.
1: Okay. And the-
0: oh sorry, Alex.
1: Yeah, also no, before we guess continue. Um so Joven, you know, he he's he's from here. So he probably doesn't know where the name Zot Rx originates from. So if you want to share what, what the name means, so that way he knows.
0: Yes. And our listeners.
2: Yeah. So actually for the Zot meaning is for the ant eaters, so apparently ant eaters make the zot sound. I don't know. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's kind of weird, but it works. So we do this little thing called zot zot zot. It's like a like a school chant, and like it's just like more you know connected to UCI and ant eaters. Um, so that's where the zot came from, you know. Um, from ant eaters? I put up. Yeah, I've watched. I've watched this every <laughs> channel. I've never seen
0: an ant eater do that. Um,
2: yeah, it's kind of it?
1: weird. You're not watching hard enough
0: <laughs> or listening not. hard enough.
2: I'm not listening hard enough. I've never seen it. I've never heard that. We're just going to let that ride. One interesting fact is that I think a couple years back when um, former President Barack Obama mm-hmm. uh, came to UCI to did a, like, um, I think it's for um, graduation. I don't re- mm-hmm. remember which class, mm-hmm. but right. what he did is like, he did zoots, I think. And did it you was like it? it became a meme.
1: <laughs> man, yeah, that was that was that was the that was uh, class of 2015 because I remember because I remember it was like man, I wish I start school earlier and graduate earlier so I could see uh, President Obama's um um do the commencement speech. I had no idea he said zoot. So um, it, I think so. I I
2: don't. I heard about it. You know, don't quote me on that, but
1: I'm going to find you. <laughs> if you're wrong. President Obama, it's Zot. Just, just like you know, if you, if you listen to this mm. podcast, uh, President Obama, you can say whatever you want. Zot, zoot. <laughs> I
0: have no ties into this game. I want no problems. Social Security, or uh, please don't find me. Or <laughs> social services, whatever they're called. Secret Service. Secret Service. I was like, it's not social, social security. <laughs> That's how you know I'm tired. Oh, man. Uh, You got to love it. This is just natural, guys. Um, Okay, so now I know why it's Zot. And I'll never forget that it's pronounced Zot. So that's good. Anteaters do Zot, Zot, Zot. And that's why we're going Zot. So I love it. That's the name. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) That's what it means. All right. Uh, So we kind of talked about some of the pros, you know, I can definitely sense that I'm sure Alex can too, that you truly have a passion, a drive to provide value to others. And, you know, that's a great thing. And that's going to be very rewarding to you um, throughout your career and whatever it is that you do. I always feel like if if you give 10, you'll get a hundred back, you know, when it comes to energy or whatever the case may be. So that's why sometimes some of the most charitable people are some of the most fortunate people in our world. So um, you doing what you do is definitely going to bring a lot of blessings towards your way, but I'm sure you still had some tough hurdles that you had to overcome with this podcast. So do you mind kind of sharing some of the trials and tribulations you had to face?
2: Yeah, I honestly think, you know, um, I think I'm always an individual that like, you know, it's easy to connect on a professional level Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't think there's like much of a problem in terms of like inviting speakers or like, you know, potential connect with, you know, other people around in a professional sense. Um, but I think it was the most challenging part is that at the beginning is just to learn how to record, how to navigate through the publishing and as well as how to edit, because I, again, have zero editing experience and I was just trying my best to like help, you know. You know, just trying to get the best quality out there. And it was definitely a challenge because, you know, I am not tech savvy. I would say, um, editing is new. I have, you know, a friend who can teach me editing, but you know, I also don't want to bother him <laughs> at the same time. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so it was definitely uniquely challenging in terms of just being able to navigate those processes. But other than that, I feel there, was not super much of a challenge going forward for creating the podcast itself um you know just the idea because my goal is very centric, and like I know what I want to do for this podcast, so it's mm-hmm. easy for me myself to execute what I want to do and, and you know just to go along with it so yeah, and
0: you know stepping in out of your comfort zone, you know that's what I'm hearing, you're doing a lot of different things that you've never done before. And, you know, looking back, that's kind of the one of the reasons why I, I wanted to do this was to step out of my comfort zone. I don't believe public speaking was a gift of mine. Now some people might say it is, but, you know, I I've worked on it. There were a lot of different episodes. I've worked on building my networking skills by interviewing people I've never met before. You know, I'm sure you've had to go through that as well, just the different you know, how to ask questions correctly, how, when to cut someone off, when not to, when to, how to just in general, like you said, how to edit a podcast, how to find the right mic, um, the right mixer, whatever the case may be, the right recording setting and all that. And it's all trials and tribulations and you're on a budget because you're still a student. (laughs) So, so it's like, you know, you're doing all of this and and that's, that's gotta be tough. And um, of course you still have your homework assignments. You still have classes you got to go to so how how are you like managing all these different activities um and still making time for yourself what is your obviously time management is one of your strengths so you better be saying that in all your interviews but um how have you been able to manage your time so
2: well you know this is actually a very interesting question because i never really like thought about like how i actually did manage my time Mm -hmm. it's just always the you know yeah, as a college student, there's so many things going on. Mm-hmm. There's so many things you cannot control. Like you know, even like the underclassmen, they always ask me like, "Hey, how do you manage your time?" As part mm-hmm. of you know my org, prepharmacy society, as well as um, doing other responsibilities, uh, which I may go over later. Um, it's just the fact that you know I kind of have an idea of like what I want to become and like what I want to invest my time in. Yeah. And just by that I will I was able to, you know, navigate through my time pretty well, I would say, and making sure that I give myself, you know, good rest so I can recharge and go again. Um there's not really like a set standard on how to time manage. I I'm not a person who's like, "Oh, I guess my schedule is kind of full, but like, you know, just by saying, "Oh, I need to do this at that time or else, you know, I will fall behind yeah. or something." You know, um, I'm not that type of person, but it's more like what? how many time you want to invest into something, you know? yeah. Um, how many time you want to invest in your, let's just say my podcast, you know, the project. How many times do I want to invest in my organization? How many times do I want to invest in my academics, my schoolwork? Just by thinking of these ideas, then you kind of get a sort of a time, you know, management skill where you would know that, um, at a certain point, you want to do those stuffs, And I think I personally was really well trained by my parents about that because my dad was a very strict dad in terms of how to manage time effectively and do things effectively. Um, again, you know, I'm from Hong Kong. Hong Kong is a very high stress level society where everything, you just got to get it right And everything you're just going to get in time, like everyone's like super stressed out. So, you know, just by being in that society when I was a childhood, kind of gave me like a natural pressure on what I should do when I, again, came to the U.S. and tried to understand the culture here. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think that's kind of basically how I guess manage my time management.
0: Gotcha. And that's something that I think that's tough for anybody to do is to find the balance for School, work, side projects, extracurricular activities, you know, doing all three of those things. That's what's going to definitely help you set yourself apart from other people is how focused you are. That's what I heard when you were speaking. Um, You're not allowing yourself to get distracted. You're staying focused on your goals and of your objectives and what matters to you most. And I think that's impressive because a lot of us, it's so easy to get distracted. It's so easy to get deterred um, from things that we want to do or create but you're staying focused. Um, I'm becoming a fan just by listening to you. So I'll definitely be checking out the podcast and, and tuning in to, to hear what's going on over in Cali uh, to, to see what kind of cool stuff, kind of cool um, pharmacists you have there. See if there's anybody I might want to reach out and, and interview and learn more things about. So definitely pretty cool with everything you got going on. Um, I don't know, Alex, do you have anything else you want to ask about the podcast? And that before we go more into him,
1: um, no, I can think of it. I mean, you know, I, I, like, like I said, I think you're still you're doing a great job. I, I don't think if like, if I was a student again at um at UCI, I honestly don't think I would have, been, would have been able to start a podcast like start it from a new right start it, like it's never been in existence and like, kind of build it up. So I think the fact that you've been able to build it up. Um, And now you have like future plans for like how you want to take your podcast to the next level. I think that's pretty awesome. So um, again, I've said this again, but keep it up, Ryan. I I am definitely a really big fan of your
2: podcast. Thank you so much again, Alex. Thank you. Of course.
0: Yeah. All right. So now let's kind of dive into you, Ryan. Um, So to start off, why are you interested in pharmacy? That sounds
2: like a pharmacy... Oh
0: that feels like an interview question.
2: Yes, I was about to say that. You know, <laughs> I'm just prepping for my pharmacy school interview. Basically.
0: Um, so live on air, guys. If you want great okay. tips, learn yeah. from mine.
2: <laughs> um I'm still working on my application, by the way, but um <laughs> it's I still have some time. But oh, yeah, um yeah, yeah. again, I think I want to go back to where Again, I immigrated from Hong Kong seven years ago. And the fact that pharmacists over there, their scope of practice is not as broad as here. And, you know, healthcare is usually through, directly as uh, associated to doctors, nurses, or, you know, like just in a, like a very clinic or hospital setting mm-hmm. where, and pharmacists, again, their role of practice is not that huge. But when I came over here to the U S, you know, I know myself that I want to become a healthcare provider. I always wanted to help people and obviously I was good at sciences. I think that's a lot for a lot of students who may be interested in healthcare because they say, Oh, I like sciences. I, I, I like bio a lot, but I think not just that myself, that I love those subjects, but also the fact that, you know, my uncle was a pharmacist or currently mm-hmm. is still practicing. I don't know why it's past tense there, but <laughs> um, he is, Working uh, like in NorCal. So my family is from NorCal right now. Uh, you know, he, I was able to see his community work, you know, vaccinating the public. And now he's also like in a managerial role right now. And just by seeing what he did, it was very inspiring in a certain sense. And, you know, just by looking him up, up to him, you know, wow, it's like, I want to be that person where I'm the most accessible person to educate patients about Medication usage. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I think another factor that put in is that one of my friends that, uh, dad's friend, um, work, uh, works at Merck. So he also has a lot of projects for anti-cancer therapy drugs. And again, that also stimulated my interest in the idea of how drugs work and like, you know, the idea of a magic bullet coined by, um, the father himself, uh, Paul Ehrlich. And just by seeing how These medications work and was, was able to help patients really, really inspired me to become, want to become that person who manages it. So again, I was very excited to be able to join UCI. In fact, UCI was my first choice. I think back in high school, my grades actually wasn't that great. So I was like being very like doubtful about myself. But just by that time where that moment when I received the letter, uh, actually it was an email, but it received that uh notice saying that I was able to join u c i as a farm side major that was the biggest biggest surprise and relief to myself and my parents as well so again, through this opportunity, I just want to like continue to develop myself you know mm-hmm. understand more what the field is about, and also enjoy being in a tight knit community because there's not a lot of farm side majors in u c i it's probably a couple like i would say like 150 to 200, um, students right now. Um, maybe a little bit more, but I don't have the exact numbers in mind, but I think it's still a very knit community where it kind of like everyone knows each other. We all go to the same class. So it's like we all have the pharmacoph- um, therapy pharmacology class that like we all need to take. And, you know, we all just kind of know each other in that certain sense. And again, one of the biggest things after joining UCI as a pharmacy uh, pharmaceutical sciences major is to join the pre-pharmacy society at UCI because, you know, that is the biggest organization you can go for if you're going to pharmacy. And, you know, we are one of the, I would say, more like certainly influential or louder groups of pre-pharmacy societies uh, across like Southern California, um, you know, just to help, our students to influence them or not influence, but help them to understand what pharmacy is about. And also the fact that, you know um, just help them find what a pharmacy is right for them. That is one of our main goals. And just by being in that society um, you know, I was able to grow a lot and I think I'll have more info uh, later on, but I think that's basically where my pharmacy interests stem from. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: So kind of like a, a, a family, personal, and then also kind of the local area. Um, pharm- pharmacy is kind of a big thing. And so that all of those are different little influence, influencing factors that are kind of pushing you into pharmacy, I see.
2: And I just want to add on, like, two of my cousins right now, they're both in pharmacy school. So that was definitely a big influence in pharmacy in my family. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, what do they work in? Oh, they're both... Uh, p1s one is at uh university of pacific uop and one's at uh, ucsf so
0: okay are they both um like inpatient residencies they're, they're
1: p1s they're their first year, oh first, first year. year pharmacy students oh yeah. I, th- I
0: thought you're saying that um that they were like pgy1 sorry um because i thought you were saying that they are already in pharmacy um okay and then So you got a couple cousins that are P1. So yeah, pharmacy is a thing for you guys, for sure, for the family. And um, going with that, how has your pre-pharmacy school experience
2: been so far? And I would say it's very enriching. And, you know, it is heavily shaped by the org that I am am in, you know, pre-pharmacy society. I think I've mentioned, you know, so much of them because they do really meant a lot to me. And because... Again, we are an organization that truly cares about the excellency of students coming out of pre farm to pharmacy school for introducing many different opportunities for them to grow professionally in the field. You know, um, I've heard from a lot of school representatives. They always told us like, hey, you know, you guys, you guys develop the best out of the best in terms of what pharmacy students can produce. And again, we have all these opportunities, like we share work and volunteer opportunities for our uh, paid member emails we have general meetings which i'm in charge of where we invite different influential guest speakers to talk about their practice and their specialty fields we have one of our largest events of the year is pre pharmacy day this year is ninth annual currently and so next year is going to be um you know a whole decade of 10th annual uh where we invite a lot of different pharmacy school representatives to talk about their program uh we have pharmacy school visits and mixers where again a good opportunity for members to engage with the representative and help them to find the school that they want to go. And I think, uh, and also not to mention again, the podcast itself is part of the organization. Yeah. And again, being involved so much in PPS helped help me grow a lot, not only solidifying why I want to become a pharmacist, but also what kind of pharmacist do I want to become? And, you know, another aspect is that I love the truthfulness we have in our organization. We don't avoid expressing the challenges that the field is currently facing. Again, I'm sure both of you are way much more familiar and aware of that. And, you know, in fact, a lot of our board slash members, you know, they are working in community settings, you know, they are probably at like CVS or uh, local um, private um pharmacies working as like a clerk or a tech. They have always, you know, addressed concerns where, you know, they might not be satisfied with their conditions. That's not where they want to practice. And just by what we do as our as an organization, we expose these different specific fields of pharmacy, different opportunities that farms um, uh, being a pharmacist have instead of just the traditional route of going into a retail setting. And that um that's uh, I think that's I think one of the core goals of like what our organization is about. And again, we are a passionate team to help members to figure out whether pharmacy is right for them. You know, a lot of our members, sometimes, you know, they find out, hey, you know, pharmacy is not right for me. You know, I maybe want to go for another like a uh, healthcare route, like nursing or PA, right? That That's still fine, you know, because ultimately you're going to find what you learn in organization useful because then you were able to understand what pharmacists are doing in healthcare setting and, you know into collaborative practice and working with them as a team in the future and understand their perspective. So this is st- still very beneficial in joining our organization. If you like ultimately say, Hey, pharmacy is not right for me. And, you know, just by including the challenges and issues that um, the, far, um, the field has in our organization, members will, who decided to, you know, go into pharmacy again will have such understanding already. And I'm definitely truly passionate about the practice, you know, um, just by, again, going through all these opportunities and truly understanding what pharmacy is about before actually, you know, investing and in going into a pharmacy school. And that's major, like my, I think my biggest inf- uh, impact that I've um, received in part of being my organization. And that was a big part of my pre-pharmacy experience, but I have still have a couple of things to go through. Um, I'm also part of, again, I've mentioned them and Edison Pharmacy Alumni chapter. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, they're kind of newly established, but I joined them as a student liaison where I helped, you know, uh, alumni to help connect with our students uh, to to get more, like learn more about the field and get more opportunities uh, through the program. Uh, we also also established a newly, um, sorry, we also newly established a mentorship program where, you know, our pre-pharmacy students and pharmacy students were able to pair with like a practicing pharmacist or someone. Um, there's also a couple like uh, PhD, like pharm- pharmacology researchers there as well to help them just pair up and, you know, get to learn more about their experience and career. And that's also what I'm passionate about is you know just trying to, again, do more alumni connections to help build that relation between alumni and students. And again, I'm also a student worker at this uh, UCI Student Health Center pharmacy. I was hired when I was a freshman where I was just basically performing clerk duties, but I recently I did got my farm tech license. So I did start practicing uh, as a tech over there. And again, I also mentioned that you know, um, I did interview my boss through my podcast. I was also part, uh, I'm also part in part with the vaccine clinic in Orange County. Um, you know, I, I'm just there as a non-clinical staff member, just help to, you know, um, get patients vaccinated. And it was, it was a great opportunity to expand my serving population because again, being at the student health center pharmacy, like, that all the patients are basically students and I wasn't able to, you know, get as much as of like the variety of population, you know, the geriatric population or the pediatric population. So by being working in the vaccine clinic, I was able to meet patients who, you know, um, have different age are in different age settings, as well as have different opinions about the vaccine. And that's very important to me because, you know, that will show me like what the real world is about. And, you know, you have people who are like very excited and taking pictures when they get the vaccine. And there are people who are hesitant as well. So that was very impactful for myself, even though I'm not like physically vaccinating someone, but it's just by seeing these differences in patient population. And last but not least, I also am part of like just a general member for Orange County Pharmacist Association Legislative Committee. Um, and I will talk more about uh, why I joined that later. I think it was a great. Uh, it is a great opportunity to work with a lot of active pharmacists and um, pharmacy students to advocate for the field. So that's basically like a good summary of my pre-pharmacy experience so far. Okay. Did you have something more?
1: No, no, no. I mean, I was going to say that is definitely a lot more than I did when I was a student there. Um, you know, I guess when I was a student, I was just overwhelmed. <laughs> because I joined, I I was part of the pre-pharmacy society for a year, but, um, and for sure, they definitely provide a lot of information, a lot of resources. And I think I was just overwhelmed. So I, uh, I I just kind of uh, not continue going to the meetings after that. Um, But, you know, it's still beneficial. um, And with all the things that you're doing so far with the podcast, with your involvements, um you know with the mentorship program to kind of help connect the students I think that's that's great to provide um kind of the pre-pharmacy students an opportunity because they may not be able to find these opportunities on their own um but with with everything like what are still some challenges or some things that you um you want you hope to kind of work on to kind of improve the um I guess the the network between like the um pre-pharmacy students and like the and just uh, other pharmacists, like the pharmacy field in general? Is there anything that you have noticed that you feel like you could um, still work on?
2: I think, um, you know, in the fact that we have done a lot of great work recent years in terms <laughs> of trying to expand our our, our organization's network yeah. and trying to connect with more and more pharmacists, um, you know, just by doing that, we'll be able to help a lot of our members into like getting more exposure to the connection and obviously we also work with a lot of different pharmacists who are practicing i think notably uh dr mike ahada who is currently a western faculty and we work with him a lot in terms of providing different opportunities around uh the oc area um you know just like pharmacy experiences or Mm -hmm. actually i got introduced to this vaccine clinic the vaccine clinic experience uh, by him so just by being more engaged with the pharmacists. And, you know, there are definitely pharmacists out there who are very passionate about the field and want to make a change about it. Mm -hmm. So they want to, you know, help to provide these opportunities for students to ultimately help them grow and, you know, help them to figure whether pharmacy is right for them or not. So I think these there are still like, it's a growing aspect in terms of what, you know, pre-pharmacy students can do to try to connect with the field. And it's in a very pro- uh, positive trajectory.
0: Gotcha. Now, can you kind of share with us what you're kind of thinking of career-wise with pharmacy?
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, again, you know, I am still third year in my undergrad career, so I still am open yeah. to a lot of options. You know, I've yeah. always heard from pharmacy students, you know, they are like, I didn't decide what one I want to practice until my AP rotations. Yeah. So, um mm-hmm. Still early. so it's still very subject, early
0: subject to change mm-hmm.
2: yeah so i did i do enjoy patient interactions a lot i do okay. really like to you know connect with patients to talk uh to them in terms of like how we can help them in terms of you know the medication therapy so i definitely won't be seeing myself going into like an industry or managed care role okay. but i so I think currently I'm more leaning towards like ambulatory care, um, as my first choice career option. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I am also interested in psychiatric slash mental health pharmacy. And mm-hmm. since a lot of times actually at my pharmacy, we deal, we deal with a large portion of mental health patients, um, consider and consider they are my peers because I am serving students. It is quite worrying. I would say, you know, um, constantly dispensing like, Prozac or like Zoloft. Yeah. And, but at the same time, I think you have the aspect of knowing that you are helping them in keeping track of their meds and trying to help them go through the college experience. And also, certainly, I enjoy a challenge in, in psych because again, the correct dosing is, you know, very important as Also, also would we'll love to learn more about that along the way. And I also have thought of doing international practice before um, just to help other underserved communities around the world. Um, But I will need to learn new languages. So we'll see how that goes. Um, (laughs) And last but not least, I want to become a pharmacy advocate. I want to become the person who will step up for the field and, you know, Understand the needs, and that is one of the major reasons why I joined the OCPHA mm-hmm. Legislative Committee. It's just because I'm passionate about making an impact in the field and make changes in the future, so that we can potentially expand our practice, and you know, uh, just doing these great things into under- help the public to understand what pharmacy really is instead of just in a community based setting. So that's basically kind of what my career goals are right now. So. Gotcha.
0: And I, th- I think those are all great goals to have. Um of course care. I feel like that's a hot topic and that's a continue continuously growing field and a budding one. I obviously I like it because I'm doing a PGY one in it, and Alex obviously likes it because he's doing a PGY two in it. But uh, so take our, our words with a grain of salt because we might be biased. But um it's a great profession for sure. And then, you know, thinking about legislature, that's not one you hear people talk about often, but that is something that is always needed we need advocates for ourselves um we need you know maybe more prescribing authorities or more um whatever it is you know there's a lot of different policies and different things that needs to happen and we all know it needs to happen but who's going to step up to do it you know so sometimes um like it ain't me (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you that right now. It's not me, but maybe it's you, Ryan. You know, maybe it's you. Whether you stay in the state of California, you go to a different state, maybe you could be an advocate for pharmacy and and help increase prescribing rights or um, whatever the case may be that you feel is a big need in your state um, to help improve pharmacy in that profession. And then other states will start to take notice, start to notice some things like, oh, they're doing some interesting things over there. Maybe we should implement that. And so that's something that I think is, we need more people mentioning and we need we need more people that are into policy and legislature cuz that's that's big that literally dictates how you work how you practice so that's pretty big um and then even the international that's pretty cool too you know you know you you're just from listening to you this is my first time meeting you um for for the audience listening um like we've messaged over social media but I never met him virtually and you know just hearing everything you're saying definitely have a very charitable um, aspect or, or side to you where you know you're thinking about pro- possibly being part of international pharmacy and helping out those in need in other countries and that's something that could be of great benefit you know you may not be making the most money um, it might take you away from your family and friends for a time period, but the change you could impact in those kids, those parents, those grandparents' lives are everlasting you know they're forever grateful for whatever you do. So that's another thing that I don't believe we hear pharmacists talk about enough. You just made me want to find somebody that does do that and can kind of talk about their experience on our platform. But that's something that's super cool that you're considering, Um, you know, you're, you're way advanced than I was (laughs) when I was in your stage. Um, So I think that's, that's pretty cool that you kind of have some, some brief ideas and, you know, maybe you don't do everything, maybe do a little bit of each, like that's the beauty of pharmacy you know, you have the freedom and flexibility to literally do whatever you want. You just got to train yourself, get certified, and then you're good to go. So as long as you have the degree, you're good.
2: Yeah. And I also want to just mention that, you know, um, you talk about how, you know, legislation dictates, directly dictates practice. That's Mm -hmm. the idea my boss always implements to me, you know, because he got me introduced into the OCPAJ legislative committee. And, you know, just by seeing the work that we have done so far and it's certainly, you know, it's, it's a progress, but also it can be frustrating sometimes, you know, if some legislation that would benefit pharmacies that didn't go through, but it's a progress where it's a very beneficial, enjoyable experience into trying to help to change some of the practices. So yeah. And I think definitely very beneficial for the future. Um, So yeah.
0: Definitely definitely alex is there anything you wanted to add on no i mean i was gonna
1: just kind of bounce off what joan was saying giving legislation that's all very important it it's very it's very complex for sure um and yeah like a lot of pharmacists don't think about how it impacts like cost of medications how a hospital acquires the medications right there's different programs out there that's supposedly supposed to benefit the hospitals or the pharmacies right but then you have kind of like your bigger like pharmaceutical companies that kind of come in um, and they, they find loopholes. So it's it's kind of interesting. And I've been trying to get more into that, trying to learn myself. Um, so it, it's always curious to kind of, um, you know, kind of read the news about that. And, you know, I'm, I'm really um, kind of looking forward to like, you know, your career, you know, you have you have a lot of um, a lot of goals, you have a lot of things that you've already thought about at you know, at your stage in your career versus me and probably joan as well like we when we were pre-pharmacy students i don't i we we didn't think that far in depth we we were Mm -mm. we were just trying to get into pharmacy school we're like oh okay there's retail there's residency but i don't think we really thought more in depth of like the different impacts out there so yeah
2: and i just want to add on all these like experience and thoughts came comes from my experience in my organization. So mm-hmm. if you're a UCI student listening, you should come join us, you know, yeah. learn more about what we do and what we are passionate about to educate you more about pharmacy. So yeah, just a shameless plug. Yeah,
0: I yeah. love it. I love it. And we'll throw you another one too. If you're listening right now, if you've enjoyed listening to future Dr. Ryan Zwok, right? walk. I, you know what i was thinking of i was thinking of zoot <laughs> he threw me off he threw me off the zoo. dr ryan Quack. um listen to the zot yes zot rx podcast um tune into that and you know listen to the different people that he's interviewing you know he has a pharmacy it um person on there he had somebody from academia he has People from different walks of life. Yes, it's from the same um, university. They're all alumni, but it's a alumni that's that's very. It's a strong alumni for pharmacy, so there's going to be a lot of great speakers on there. Definitely tune in, and then whenever he transitions into his own podcast, definitely tune into that. Or, um, I guess just say YouTube channel, since that's kind of what you mentioned. If that's what you go with first, you know, everybody transition to that too, and kind of follow his journey, follow his path, um, which I know I definitely will. Because the future is whatever we want to make of it. You know, our decisions today de- determines what we'll be in three to five years. And it sounds like you got everything aligned. You already know what you want to do. So everything will happen for you the way you want it to happen. Um, and so it's been a great opportunity for us to kind of listen to you and kind of learn about you and to know that somebody's doing some awesome things like this out in California we would have never known. I would have never known if I didn't know Alex and through Alex, I I meet you. So I think this is just the power of networking and and social media um, to help expose us to to different characters for sure.
2: Yeah. Like, again, if you want to like follow my journey and like, you know, just by seeing that I'm quite active on Instagram, I have a professional pharmacy account is Ryan underscore K underscore farm. It's just like a way to you know connect um, through my journey, like the stuff that I do, Um, and as well as you know my LinkedIn. um, You know, um, I'm sure that um, will definitely will show what I do. um, Maybe even sometimes outside of pharmacy. So yeah, definitely go check it out.
0: All right, I just followed you right now, checking out your Instagram Um, because Alex knows me. I get right to it. Of course, <laughs> I get right to it. So go ahead and check out the Instagram. Um, tune into the different episodes he he has, um, and then you can access the the podcast. Is it on all major streaming platforms? Yeah, so Apple, it's on. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, perfect. I'm, I'll go yeah. ahead and follow you. Right Apple, now. Spotify as well. Spotify, yeah. perfect. So everybody listening, go ahead and check out ZotRX. Um, I'm about to download it right now. Oh, it's an ant eater. Ah, I see what you did there. I see what you did there. All right. Following now. Boom. Um, So that's awesome. Did you have anything, any last minute words that you want to share with us today and our listeners?
2: Uh, I think I'm good. You know, like, I really enjoyed the session, talking to you guys, you know, share my experience, my story. And it's still a long way ahead, but I'm looking forward um, for my journey. And as well as uh, the Capsules Rx podcast you know, and the further development of it. So looking forward to it.
0: All right, Perfect. Thank you so much um, for being able to come on and and kind of sharing your story. And we're definitely looking forward to kind of watching you grow and to see how you progress in your career and whichever route you go in. um, We would definitely love to have you come back on the platform and kind of talk to us about uh, your journey and talk to us about what profession you're in.